Hello and welcome to our podcast, UN University. In this session, we intend to help students to find more about the universities that they are interested in applying to. This podcast is presented by G-Links International and my name is Kiran Kaur. Our mission is to help students survey and select the best options for their further studies. We hope that with this podcast, you can find your perfect fit. And now, on to the episode. Today, we have a very special guest from Okanagan College, Gordon Shuster. Gordon is uh, the director of Okanagan College's International Education Department with over 20 years of experience in international education. He has the wealth of knowledge of the sector and Okanagan College's programs and services. Hi Gordon, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Kieran. Very nice to be with you today. We're very happy to have you here with us, Gordon. Well, I'm happy to be here. Okay, so Gordon, today we would like to know as much as we can about Okanagan College. Tell us from the very beginning, how did the college start? What's the history behind the Okanagan College? Okay, the Okanagan College began as a college in 1963 in a region called the Okanagan Valley. So the Okanagan Valley is a number of cities within a specific area in southwestern British Columbia. The college started as a trade school and eventually became a college, sort of like a community college, if you know that model. And over the years, developed uh, four major campuses throughout the valley. In the far south, we have Penticton, Kelowna, Vernon and Salmon Arm campuses, as well as specialized program at our Revelstoke campus. In the year 2000, the college became a university college, which was a short-lived government initiative, and it ended in 2005 when we went back to being Okanagan College, and one of our campuses became the campus of University of British Columbia, Okanagan. So we work very closely with UBC Okanagan, and many of our students transfer there. So we have a a long history. We have programs, mostly diploma programs, a number of diplomas, a few degree programs, as well as post-baccalaureate programs. So we serve over 10,000 students every year, and about 15% of our students, or 1,500, are international from 65 different countries around the globe. Wow, that's great. Tell us more about the location, Garden. The Okanagan, I have, you know, I know it's a beautiful valley. We would like to know from you how it is being in Okanagan as an international student. Sure. The Okanagan Valley is very well known as a major producer originally of fruits. So it was a fruit growing region and now a wine growing region. So the valley has really developed. And in recent years, the population has really risen as people see this as a great place to live because of the climate. We are a semi-arid desert, which means we have hot, dry summers with no humidity or very low humidity. It's like desert. And the temperatures are generally about 30 degrees in the summer months, but it will get as hot as 40. So it's nice for a lot of our international students from warm climates. Having said that, we are in Canada, so we do have a winter. 
And our winter months are generally around zero, but we will get a period of time that will be you know, in the minuses, minus 10 to minus 20-ish, and that can last usually two or three weeks of the winter. Our snow normally doesn't come until December and is gone by February. So comparatively speaking within Canada, it's milder than a lot of other places. We are a valley, which means we're in the a flat area surrounded by mountains with a lake system. We have our large lake, Okanagan Lake, which connects the three major cities, Kelowna, Vernon, and Penticton. And so there's beaches, there's lots of activity, and we have a very strong technology sector, well over 650 technology companies in the Okanagan Valley, lots of employment opportunities, for many years, when I first moved there more than 30 years ago, it was very much a place where retired people went because of the nice weather, golfing, the temperatures, the lakes, all of the activities there were to do. And over the years, it's attracted more and more industry and technology is one of the big ones. Uh, so that brings in a lot of younger families. So for international students, what that means is there's always jobs available, especially when you're starting out, you arrive in Canada and you're going to school, but you want to work part time easy to find a service job, not difficult at all. They're readily available and lots of good employment opportunities when you complete your studies. So it's a it's a great region to live in with us, Okanagan College, UBC Okanagan, and the school district there is thousands of international students in the city at all times, but there's also those that have graduated. So there's a large population of young people and more diversity all the time within our region. So it's a it's a great place to live. We want students when they're studying with us not only to study, work part-time, but also experience the local culture. Because we're surrounded by mountains, we also have skiing in the winter, snowboarding and all those winter activity. So there's always something to do. It's very friendly, very clean, very safe, a, a really nice environment. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Gordon, you have so many campuses, right? How the campuses are different from one another? How do a student choose which is the best campus for me? Okay, so there's a couple of factors that will influence what campus a student will study at. There are certain programs that are only at one of our campuses. So, for instance, our Penticton campus in the south, which has a lead platinum building, which is where our classrooms are. We have a specialized program, Sustainable Construction Management, uh, or Sustainable Building Technology. Pardon me, the name has changed. Sustainable Building Technology. And we also have a kinesiology program there. So if you're studying one of those programs, you would definitely go to the Penticton campus. All of our campuses offer our business administration diploma. The degree is in Kelowna only and Vernon for a counting one of the specialties. So there are the specialized programs, arts. So two-year diplomas in arts are also at all of the campuses. So again, that would influence where you might want to study based on maybe the size of the community, cost of living, because a campus such as Penticton or a community is a little bit less expensive to live in. So some students may choose that campus. We also have programs um, that are at more than one campus. So early childhood education and computer information systems diploma are both at Kelowna and Vernon. So again, students would have a choice. 
The Vernon campus and Salmon Arm campus, if you study at one of those pro, uh, one of those campuses, complete your program and work, get a job in those communities. Right now, there's the Rural and Northern Immigration Pilot Program, which is a faster track to permanent residency. Now, that program is a pilot, so it could stop at any time. But right now, that does attract students to those campuses for the quicker pathway to permanent residency. Again, it it could depend on where you have family or friends. It could depend on the size of the city you wish to be in. It could be where the program is. We always say, look at the communities, look at the campuses, discuss it with G-Links. They're going to help you. Um, reach out to one of our recruitment specialists at our team if you have specific questions and make the decision that's best for you. It doesn't matter which campus you study at. And in fact, we always say within Canada, it doesn't matter what institution you study at. You're going to get quality education. You're going to have opportunities. So again, it's it's an in, a bit of an individual choice, but maybe based on the program that you choose to study. Okay, so the very first factor that students should look is the program's availability in different campuses. And based upon that, they make their choices. And the second factor that you mentioned would be the community size, the city size, that sort of things, right? Correct. And and the other thing, Karan, is that at all of in all of the centers, there's lots of opportunities for employment while you're studying. The economy is very strong in our region. So, you know, students that are concerned about living maybe in a, a smaller uh, community like Salmon Arm has about 25,000 people. And someone might say, oh, I would rather be in a big city. Would I get a job in a community like that? And almost all of our international students that are in the Salmon Arm area have great part-time jobs. So there are opportunities everywhere. Uh, our Revelstoke campus is where we have a specialized tourism management diploma, and that's a more remote community. It's uh, we would call it like a mountain community. It's a definitely it has the longest winter of all of our campuses. Their winter starts early, ends late, and the snow is there's a lot of snow. So people go there for that outdoor recreation. So students that are considering a program like that have to be aware of what the community and the campus is, but it is going to be a lot colder and a longer winter if you're in that particular campus. Okay, that's great. So having said that, uh, you have mentioned many of the programs already, but I would like to ask you, what are the special programs at Okanagan College? Sure. So if we talk about programs that are unique, more unique than others. So, of course, with all colleges and universities, we have Associate of Arts, Associate of Science, Business Administration, both diploma and degree. But what we also have are our post-baccalaureate programs. So we have three business post-baccalaureates at the present time. We have specializations in accounting, marketing, and human resources management. And in the science math area, we have two specialized post-baccalaureate programs, post-baccalaureate in marketing and data analytics and post-baccalaureate in health analytics. So those are specialized programs. We also have programs such as early childhood education. We have um, human kinetics or kinesiology, sustainable building technology. We have specialized diplomas in our arts area, which uh, could include things such as criminal and social justice, communications, culture, and journalism studies, and a number of others. So if you're looking at arts and you, you kind of want to specialize, we do have specialty programs there as well. 
Okay, Gordon, you mentioned degrees and diplomas. Can you give me insight about the difference between the two credentials and how do students choose between the both? Sure. So a diploma is a two-year program, as is a post-baccalaureate program, um, and a degree is a four-year program. So most of our international students uh, and a big portion are looking at post, uh, sort of the postgraduate work permit and permanent residency. That is their goal. And we recognize that. So we always recommend that they look at a two-year program, whether that is the uh, diploma program or a post-baccalaureate diploma, because it doesn't matter whether you complete a diploma for two years or a degree for four years, you will still have eligibility for the three-year postgraduate work permit. When we talk about a post-baccalaureate program, the post-baccalaureate programs require a degree before you're eligible for the program. So someone who is younger coming right out of high school would be looking at a general diploma or a diploma. But if you've completed a degree in your respective country or wherever you're living, then you may be eligible for a post-baccalaureate program. Okay. All right. So the academic side of the college is great. More on academic side, I would like to ask you about cooperative education or internships or practicum opportunities that college offers. Okay. So there are programs that have co-op and it is optional. And that would be similar to an internship. And we really recommend that for students that want to get work experience in the field they're studying and relevant work experience in Canada. So if you're in a business program, a computer information systems program, one of our technologies, because we also have technology programs, and those programs all have a co-op option. What that means is that there will be an opportunity to have work semesters. Sometimes it's in the summer months, which would be the May till August. And sometimes you take one of your academic semesters and work that semester and then study in a different semester. What it means is that your program is longer than the two years because it may be two and a half, depending whether the co-op work term is in the summer term or one of the academic terms. So students have to apply for co-op if they're interested. Often what happens is the employer that they work for during their co-op, uh, because they prove to be valuable employees, will offer them employment when they complete their program. So again, an excellent opportunity, not for everyone, but certainly an option in a number of our programs. When we talk about some of our uh, programs, such as early childhood education, those have short practicums, that, which are unpaid. They're part of the program, so they're a little bit different. Co-op is a paid employment um, opportunity. Okay, and how is the process if student chooses to do co-op program? I mean, a program that has co-op, what kind of support he or she receives from the college? Sure. So they, the student would start by discussing that, usually with an academic advisor or one of their faculty members, and then they would apply to be a co-op student, and that's through our co-op office. The co-op office offers a number of services as well. They help with resume writing, putting together that Canadian-style um, resume, because it is different in every country how you sell yourself to respective employers. The co-op office then has employers that post jobs that are co-op jobs and they're only available to students that are 
in the co-op program. So if you and I were both in the co-op program in business and we wanted to look at a job, we would go to the co-op office or their job board, find out what's available and start applying for those jobs. When a student applies to be a co-op student, there's never a full guarantee that they will get a job because they still have to go through an interview process, but they have the support of the co-op office to help them every step of the way. Okay. And students, uh, those who are not in co-op programs, if they would like to look at other opportunities, what are the options available for them to work? So if a student is in any program, any full-time and maintain their full-time studies, at the present time, they're eligible to work 20 hours a week off campus. And there are some very limited on-campus jobs as well. And those are over and above the 20 hours. Some jobs are posted in the co-op office, but in our community, jobs are readily available now. And we find that most students get their jobs through networking. Networking is so important in Canada and, you know, getting to know other people. So when a student first arrives, of course, right from the get-go, they don't know a lot of people often, or they'll slowly meet people and they start making those connections. So it could be a classmate hears that someone is looking for work and they say, hey, I'm working at this company and we're hiring, bring your resume in. What's happened in the last couple of years is a lot of employers and a lot of businesses actually have signs right in the windows, help wanted, because they're just desperate for employees. And interestingly enough, during the height of the pandemic, it was our international students that were out there working in the jobs that a lot of us Canadians were afraid to do, uh, where it was public service. And so uh, what happened as a result of so many employers recognizes the value of international students in the workforce and how uh, what an integral part of the workforce they've become. So getting a job as an international student is generally very easy. And we always say, too, when you're working, your first job is probably going to be in the service industry, whether that's, you know, grocery store, restaurant, gas station, etc., where you're kind of the front line. But what happens is customers get to know you. So we use the example of, you know, working in a grocery store and the same people are going through the grocery store every day and they they kind of notice you and they go, well, are you a student here or what, what's your story almost? And, you know, the student says, well, I'm studying X at the college. And they go, well, you know, I happen to know someone in that field and they're looking for employees. Why don't I put you in touch? That kind of networking happens very naturally. And it's, it's really the best way to find a job. We also find our students find their own community within the college and the community. So it can be the region that you're from, that you meet people from your region and you find them. It can be your classmates. It can be just people with similar interests. And once you find your community or communities, they'll help you every step of the way. And how many communities or nationalities, if I may say, are there in the college? And if you can name a few of them. Sure. So we have students from more than 65 countries. So at any given time, it can be 60 to 70. Uh, the biggest population come from India, and that's a little less than 50% of our international students. The next biggest population is currently the Philippines at about 10%. And then we have Jamaica, we have Japan, we have uh, Colombia, Brazil, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, China, who else is in there, a number of other countries. So we've got students from all different countries. And so students will find 
they may find students from their, uh, you know, a fellow students from their region or from other regions, but with a similar background. And we get a lot of students that are expats of a country. So they have a passport from one country that they've never lived in, and they've maybe lived in another region. And they may identify more with people from or students from that region than the region of their passport or the country of their passport. And how about the students from this part of the world, UAE, GCC countries? What kind of students do you have from this part of the world? So from the GCC region, we have a lot of expat students. Over the years, we've had, you know, a few students from Qatar, Kuwait, UAE, a lot of Saudis for a long time. I think we just have a few right now. We have Jordanian students, and then we get a lot of the expats. So students that are, are you know, their families are living in the region, or they're a little bit older, and they're working in the region to save money to go to the third country or their new country, Canada. And so they tend to come from all over, but they've lived in the Gulf region for a, a period of time. And so they, those types of students tend to associate with a lot of different students because they've been in the Gulf, which is very multicultural, if you will. Okay, that's great. Garden, uh, there would be lots of extracurricular activities in the college, right? So please tell us more about the extracurricular activities and uh, any students clubs that that you might have at the college. For sure. So we have a lot of activities for students. And one of the things that we've done over the years is looked at the fact that when you're a student, you need a whole experience. You need to be studying. You're probably working part time, but you also have to have fun. You have to have connections. And a lot of that comes through activities. So what we have done with our uh, campus recreation, and we have an individual in our office who's our student liaison, they make sure that there's at least one or more activities every week. It can be recreational. It can be cultural. It can be a trip to the ski hill, you know, out hiking, beach day. Um, we have game nights. We have all kinds of things for everyone. We have a basketball team uh, with international students, both and, and domestic, uh, both for males and females. And so there's always things going on within the campus. There's a, a gym at uh, gyms at three of our four campuses. And then the fourth has a gym adjacent to it in a rec center right beside the campus. So there's there's the sports activities and then there's the activities arranged on each campus, things like movie nights, et cetera, et cetera. Often they involve food and that really gets students to come because, you know, who doesn't want to have a warm cup of tea or a nice muffin or something? So if there's food involved, we get more students uh, showing up. But the students generally uh, do get involved, and international students in particular, in the activities on campus. We have been trying to encourage students to form clubs and uh, whether that's for a specific purpose or a specific region. And that is done through our Okanagan College Student Association. So the student union uh, helps students that want to form clubs. And we've been trying to encourage it. What we found has happened is you kind of get those informal leaders from each country or region, and then everybody kind of gravitates towards them and they make things happen within those communities. 
but we are still encouraging them to form student clubs because I know that the support that you get from a student club is really important as well. Uh, often we say, you know, you can hear it from us who work in the international office, but hearing it from somebody, uh, you know, a fellow student is going to make every piece of information more valuable. Yeah, that's nice. That's great. And uh, Gordon, what are the expenses, the living expenses and the tuition and other miscellaneous costs that can come across for international students? For sure. So for an international student, most of our programs are going to be based on per course. There's 10 courses per year. Each course is $1,600 starting in fall 2023. So that would be approximately $16,000 a year. If you're in a technology program, those can be uh, in the neighborhood of $20,000, $21,000 per year. Uh, and again, we're looking at two years. So you're looking at between thirty-two dollars and $44,000, depending on the program. Um, there's also medical insurance, student association fees. Those run in the neighborhood of about $500 per semester. When we look at living expenses, it can really vary because students have a number of options as far as housing. Uh, a lot of students are budget, very budget conscious, and they'll look at, you know, three or four people sharing a very small space that's a maybe a little bit less expenses, expensive. But we find that if we say about a thousand dollars a month for living expenses, it will generally cover for a single person. Um, again, it can be much higher if you want to live in a very very desirable part of town right on the lake. I mean, that's going to be a lot more expensive. If you're willing to live a little bit further from one of the campuses, your costs will be lower. And then again, there's shared accommodation where you're maybe three or four students in a two-bedroom apartment, and that might reduce those costs. But I would generally say generally you're looking at about $1,000 a month for living expenses. Okay, and Gordon, how do you compare the living expenses in Okanagan with some other major cities in Canada? So our rents are generally slightly less than major cities like Vancouver, Toronto, Calgary, Montreal. Um, we're not inexpensive because it is a very desirable area. So we're always trying to be as honest as we can about that. It's not inexpensive. Uh, but it depends on where you're willing to live and how far from the campus you'll be. Um, again, we, we, you know, I know of areas where students, there's many sharing of, you know, a three or four bedroom house, but there might be eight or 10 students. So even though the cost of renting that house might be, we would look at it and go, that's expensive, but you divide it over, you know, a $3,000 a month for six or seven people, the cost comes down. So again, that happens when students arrive, they get to know other students, and then they have that opportunity to kind of look at the options that make the most sense for them. All right. What about the opportunities for students when they graduate from diploma or a degree from Okanagan College? What next? So when a student is getting ready for graduation, they'll start looking for their permanent job. They'll be applying for their postgraduate work permit, all of those things. We do have a full-time immigration advisor in our office who helps with those kinds of things like the postgraduate work permit application. Uh, some students will already have a job lined up because if they've been working part-time or done a co-op 
co-op job, they may already have a uh, unemployment opportunity that is more permanent for when they finish. Some students are also looking farther afield. Maybe they have family or friends in other parts of Canada, and so they may start applying for jobs in those regions as well. The co-op office also has a number of um, supports for students, so help in putting together resumes in kind of looking at what employment opportunities are out there. We do a series of workshops for international students on kind of the next step. We have alumnus, so fellow graduates come in and talk about their work experience, how they got their job. We always say, again, I, I mentioned it earlier, we talk a lot about networking and, you know, finding those opportunities. So students start looking for the next step before they're even finished. Sometimes they'll have that offer in hand and they're just waiting for their postgraduate work permit. Um, within our communities, there are a lot of jobs, as I mentioned earlier. So students can start applying for jobs. They may not be able to start them in a permanent way until they have their postgraduate work permit in place. So we always say work with our immigration advisor, keep us informed so that we can help you every step of the way. There's a big career fair or an employment fair in February each year we, where 60 or more employers and government organizations come to the college looking for students that are going to be graduating in the next few months and are looking at careers. And there's everything there from, you know, police services to uh, government offices to uh, hospitality industry, accounting firms, engineering firms. They're all there trying to get employees because, of course, there is a skilled shortage, a labor shortage shortage in Canada. So employers are desperate. They recognize the value of students because if you hire a really good student, they may stay with your company for 10 years or more, or they may even stay a lifetime. But investing a little bit of money to go and meet those students and find find them and get them into your company is, is very valuable. I mean, we hear stories of some students that, you know, have three and four job offers waiting when they finish. I'm not going to say that's everyone, but that would be some students will have those opportunities. And again, it's through your part-time work while you're a student that you also make connections for that next step for when you graduate. Okay, Gordon. So once students are ready to come to Okanagan College, what are the things that they should keep in mind? What are those policies related to zero tolerance or religious beliefs and respect for cultures and traditions. Please let us know about all of those. Sure. So Canada being a very multicultural country, um, we certainly embrace what we would call diversity or different cultures, different religious practices. There, there seems to be a lot of support for everyone. And we do a lot to prepare our students before they actually arrive. About six weeks before each semester, we have a session with our a, a virtual session with our immigration advisors, talking all about the um, course selection and how that process works. And then about four weeks out, we have four weeks before the semester starts, we do a pre-departure orientation, and that's all about coming to Canada and how that journey works, what you need for paperwork, how it's going to work going through the border, what supports are available. Two weeks before the start of each semester, we do a two-day, half-day, um, what we call virtual orientation. Again, it's virtual, where we have three or four or 500 uh, students that are coming to us for the next semester, and we go through 
health and safety we go through living the living experience we go through campus activities everything a student know, needs to know we hope we've covered everything. Then when the students actually arrive the first couple of days uh, and the first day within the first couple of days, so we have a, a, a half day, more of a fun orientation where students get to know each other because they may have seen each other on screen virtually. They may have even exchanged notes, etc. cetera. Uh, and then when they get there, we play games, we have fun. Uh, we make sure they get to know each other. And then we introduce them to the cam campus. We do campus tours so that they know where everything is on the campus. Um, so within each of our communities or almost all of our communities, there are different uh, churches, mosques, etc. Et They're not in every single community because some of the smaller communities ha have less of a population, uh, but there are those uh, available throughout the valley, the Okanagan Valley, and so students will find those. We will help them with them. Students find the temple. They find the, um, the Muslim center, etc. So they'll find those within the community. Um, on our campuses, we have what we call multi- prayer spaces. So we don't have a, a prayer room per se. It's multi-faith. So anyone can use those spaces. And so they're usually somewhere quiet. So in our Kelowna campus, it's tucked away in the third floor of our library. So students can find a quiet space for reflection, for prayer, whatever they need. We also always say that it doesn't matter which campus you're at, the international office will be your family, uh, away from your family. So anything you need, come in and see us. So in the Kelowna campus, we have a full complement of staff. At our Penticton and Vernon campuses, we have a cultural liaison who works with all the international students on that campus through the academic year. And in Salmon Arm, the support comes from the uh, general administration office, and we visit, our team visits that office on an ongoing basis throughout the semester. Okay, that's that's very important piece of information. Thank you, Gordon. Gordon, I would also like to ask you, what kind of students would be the best fit for Okanagan College? So when we look at students, we don't really have, say, we just take these students or those students. We have a variety of students. So we get, depending on the region, we get students right out of high school and they come to us at uh, 17 or 18 years of age and get started in their career. And then we also get the more mature individuals who maybe already have a degree, have some work experience. So our student population ranges from 17, 18, right into their 40s. Uh, our, the average age of international students is about 26 right now. So we do have a lot of students that are a little bit older. Um, and those students bring a different dynamic. They'll often arrive with their families. They'll arrive, you know, with spouse and or children. And so that makes it a little bit different than, you know, what we traditionally think of graduating high school and going abroad for our education. So things, it's, it's kind of a process that's changed. When I started in the industry, industry uh, 20 plus years ago, we were getting students from mostly Japan at that time coming for one semester, and they were usually, you know, first and second year university students. And that gradually changed till we started attracting more academic students and students from various regions around the world. And so that changed our student body, and it, and it keeps growing and evolving and changing. Um, you know, it was about 10 years ago that we started recruiting Indian students, and they're, they're now our number one 
one market. Five years ago, we started recruiting in the Philippines, and it's now our number two market. So things do change over time. When we then look at uh, the African continent, the students that we get from Africa, uh, from Nigeria, they tend to be um, older, they tend to already have a degree. And so they're in their 20s, maybe early 30s. And then when we go to a country like uh, Zimbabwe, the students are right out of high school. So it's different from every region. And there isn't really a, a model student. But if a student meets their prerequisites, um, they're a good fit, then they're, they're, they apply on a first come first serve basis. We always say, when you're looking at applying, talk to the the uh, team at G-Links, and they're going to help you with every step of the every step of the process. All right. So, uh, Gordon, would you please share some of the success stories about international students at Okanagan College? Right. Yeah. So we've had a lot of successful students, and um, the other thing is we've worked very hard with our agents and to try and get better quality students all the time. As a result of that, what we've got is we now have about 14 to 15% of our students every semester on what we call the Dean's List. That means they're getting grades of 85% or higher in all of their classes. So that's been very, very rewarding for us. I mean, it's the students that are doing the work. It's our recruiters that are recruiting good students. It's our education partners, our agents that are finding the best students for us. And many students recognize they have to work hard to succeed. We had a recent student who was just awarded the top aviation student in Canada. And he came from India uh, just over a year ago. And he had had a previous, his background was in the military. So we know he's going to, you know, he's going to do great things. We've had students uh, graduate and stay in Canada. Most students do stay in Canada and move into senior management positions. Many go on to further education, whether that is in um, master's degrees and or PhDs. Um, students going back to their home countries and working in business and industry. We just have a lot of successful students. And the other thing is students help one another and often we don't we don't track them as much as we'd like to. It's anecdotally or we run into them. So I remember a student that came from India. Um, I thought it was about 10 years ago, but he was actually he told me when I ran into him, it was 12 years ago when he started. And 10 years ago, he graduated and he is now living and working in the lower mainland of British Columbia, where housing is very expensive. So what he's done is he's bought two homes already in eastern Canada in Prince Edward Island where it's a lot less expensive and he's renting those out and they're paying for themselves his goal is when he retires he'll either move there or sell them and buy a place in the west where he's living um, and then his brother also came studied uh, worked in banking and is now running his own business uh, a taxi business I believe and owns a couple of taxis so you know students tend to do very well because they're often the first generation uh, from their family to move to Canada to relocate. And they're kind of setting the foundation for um, siblings to come over and maybe eventual, you know, sponsorship of parents and things like that. And we do get a lot of siblings. So, you know, the first student arrives or the first child in the family arrives, they study, they'll often complete their studies. And a couple years later, a sibling will arrive and they'll help support them through that. So we see a lot of that as well. And then also family. So, you know, maybe a cousin or another relative will come and study. 
Moving to my next question, Gordon, please walk us through the application process for international students. Okay, so the first step is usually students will start doing their research and they'll be researching students. Probably they'll have picked their country by then. You know, they say, I'm going to go to Canada. They'll start looking at the various schools, possibly on their own. We always recommend meet with an educational agent because they're familiar with all the schools, the regions, what they have to offer. Once a student has picked their program, in the case of Okanagan College, students can apply for up to two programs in their initial application. So the um, the educational agent will help them put together the documents they require, which would include a copy of their passport, copy of all their transcripts and credentials, and they send that through to us with their application electronically. We review it, send it through to our uh, admissions office, and that process can take anywhere from two weeks to a month or more. And so then once the student has met everything, uh, they will get what we call a conditional letter of admission. And that conditional letter of admission will outline what is required next. If they've met all the conditions, it will just be making the uh, deposit, tuition deposit, and then they will receive their unconditional letter of admission and begin the process of applying for their study permit. Again, we always recommend working with an educational agent to help you through that process because getting the admission is probably the easiest part once you've done the application. The more difficult part is getting the study permit application in and approved. And then once you have all of that, then you're going to be getting ready to start. And that's when we start all of those reach outs with the um, pre-departure orientation, the academic support orientation, pre-arrival, and uh, the orientation to the, the campus and community, and then arrival in Canada. And then we support you every step of the way. Okay, that's great. And Gordon, what makes Okanagan College a special one? Well, as I said earlier, I always say it doesn't matter where you study in Canada, you're going to get a good education. There's no question there. What I, I really say about our region is great weather, lots of employment opportunities, lots of support, um, you know, a strong international student community, um, lots of former students that have done really well that are in the community to help. Uh, and students will find that the Okanagan is very welcoming, just like all parts of Canada. But, you know, I often get students saying, I can't believe people always smile at me on the street or always say hello. You know, depending on the region students come from, places aren't always as friendly and open. And, and so I think that it doesn't matter where you're studying in Canada, you're going to get that. The Okanagan is a special place because of the climate. Most people that live in the Okanagan region live there because they like the area, they like the outdoors, they like the, the weather, whether that's the skiing or the beaches. Um, so you get a, you know, a special breed of people living in the Okanagan. And the other thing, Karen, that's really interesting is how many of our students arrive with a plan to maybe settle in Toronto, settle in Vancouver when they finish. That's, that's kind of their goal. And they get to the Okanagan, they start their studies, they have a part-time job. When they graduate, they say, you know what, I'm not leaving this place. I want to stay in the Okanagan. This is where I want to be. So that is very rewarding for us, that students not only want to study in our communities, they also want to live in them by the time they complete their studies. That's wonderful. Thank you, Gordon, for sharing such amazing insights 
about Okanagan College and its program. It surely feels that Okanagan is the place to go to. Thank you so much. And uh, and I'm sure the audience will make use of the information that you have given in this session and will explore more about Okanagan College. Thank you so much, Carden. Would you like to say anything? I'd just like to thank you for all your support over the years and, and tell you that the students that you've been sending us have done extremely well, and we're very thankful for that. And it's always a pleasure to visit your offices, to work with your team, and you know just keep up the good work at your end, and we'll do our part at our end. We want our students to be successful. And I think you know you and I and, and your team and my team, we all have the same goal. And I, I think that's that's the most important message. We're here to help. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, my message to the audience here would be, if you're looking forward to apply to Okanagan College or to explore the programs and know more about the eligibility factors, you're more than welcome to see one of our expert counselors here at G-Link's office, and we'll be happy to help you out with admissions, scholarships, accommodation applications, visa processes, and everything about Okanagan College. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you very much for listening to the episode. I hope it helped to get a lot of information that you are looking for. For more details on this and for other universities, please feel free to reach out to us. Our website is www.glinksgroup.com. Till then, have a great day from all of us at G-Links and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you very much.